Welcome to Ignite Your Confidence for women in leadership who want to speak up and stand out. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Here you'll get all of the tips and tools that you need to stand out with unshakable confidence. Let's jump in to today's episode. Well, today we have Lindsay Vertner to talk about her confidence journey. Lindsay, tell us about you. I'm so glad that we met and a while back now, but tell us who you are and anything you want to share. Yes, yes. So what I do is I coach high achieving leaders to prioritize their self-care, self-worth and self-discipline so that they can decrease the unproductive cycles of perfectionism, overthinking and doubt, really those invisible mindset barriers that hold us back. So that is my passion. That is my jam. I'm all about helping women to live their first class life full of purpose, fulfillment and happiness. I love the name of your business. It's amazing. (laughs) And I want to dive right in about the mindset piece because everybody wants to know, for example, most people that are in my audience, how do I become more confident? What do I do? How do I get over that moment when I'm about to send the email to ask for something, but I don't know if I can do it, if I put it to the finish line. So give us some mindset tips. Always think about like, what's the worst that could happen? When you speak up versus when you don't speak up. I have actually the perfect example that just happened maybe like two days ago. So recently I started taking up acting as a form of care. Yes. For a little fun. That's amazing. (laughs) Shaking up the light. So (laughs) I've been going on auditions and they're all virtual. And usually after an audition, you don't ask for feedback for the most part. Well, I don't know what other people do, but I don't. I take that back. I do, because in this sense, that's what I'm trying to get in the habit of doing is asking for feedback. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, what's the worst that can happen? They don't respond at all. Okay, then I'm in the same spot. Or they respond back and they say, I don't have time to get feedback, like really mean, (laughs) but (laughs) what are the chances of that actually happening Right. Likely chances that they're not going to respond at all. But what I've found since I've been doing this, and I just started a couple days ago, I went back through all the auditions I had in the past few weeks, and I just sent a little follow up like, hey, thank you for the opportunity. Would you mind giving some feedback as I'm looking to grow as an actress? Wow. Probably 50% of them have responded back. (gasps) Oh, I just got goosebumps. Yes. And get this. So there was one really big part and they actually responded back with some feedback and allowed me to resubmit an audition. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Goosebumps again. Seriously. Now, what if I spoken up and using my voice, then I would have lost that whole moment. And I just resubmitted the audition last night. So we really have to be confident in saying, what's the worst that could happen? Wow. I end up in the same spot or two, I get something really valuable that I can move forward with. That is absolutely incredible. And I want to zero in on that because the reminder of number one, the power of making the ask in the first place. Mm-hmm. And number two, the power of what can happen that's unexpected in a good way. (laughs) I think we all catastrophize in our head the things that could happen in a bad way. We've Mm -hmm. done that work plenty in our minds, but what a powerful thing. Oh my gosh. What do you think 
gave you the confidence to do that? Because this isn't my my profession. I'm a mindset expert and a speaker. That is my passion. That's my purpose. I know that's what I'm meant to do. I think it's a little bit easier for me to not take it so seriously. And when I yeah. say that, I don't mean that I'm just like lollygagging around. When I show up, I show up and give my best. And I am doing some things behind the scenes to make sure that I am taking it serious so that when I do get selected for a part, I am showing up in excellence as best as I possibly can. And so I think it helps a little bit because I don't have that pressure that this is my income, this is my income, because it's not. And so it's like, just go for it. (laughs) But I think we have to put that into all the situations, even if it is a, a moment where your income depends on it. That's all the more reason that you should just go for it because you never know what's gonna come out on the other side. That's actually a very interesting spin on that in a good way. I, I mean, the the part about, because I'm thinking, oh, I can see where it would be easier when you don't have the stakes, or the stakes aren't as high or they don't feel as high to your bottom line. But then what you just said is really good about, well, <laughs> then I would think you'd want to do even more of it if you mm-hmm. <laughs> need the income. And wow, well, I am, I love it. So what, what could you give us related to some of the tips. I know you're a mindset, mindset, wait, mindset expert. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't even say that now. (laughs) Give us some tips. What would be most helpful to people? So if it's okay, I need to take you back and and share my story about how I even got to where I am and where these tips actually come from, because they're not theory. I've studied them and I personally know that they work because I had to apply them to my own life. Mm-hmm. In May of 2007, I found myself waking up in complete darkness. I had no clue where I was. I went to move and I couldn't move. I went to call out and I couldn't speak. I could not see anything except the moonlight that was shining through a window that I knew wasn't mine. So wow. I start to panic. Yeah. Because what else do you do in a moment like that? And I eventually panicked so much that I exhausted myself out to the point where I passed out. And the next time I woke up, I thought that I was experiencing a horrible nightmare. But I slowly realized I still didn't know where I was. I still couldn't see, still couldn't speak, still couldn't move. The only thing that changed was now the sun was shining through that same window that I knew wasn't mine. Hmm. Before I could panic again, a lady walks up to me and she starts asking me questions. And I'm thinking I'm answering her out loud. But in reality, the only noises coming out of my mouth are because there was a tube going down my throat, keeping me alive. Turns out this lady is my nurse and she proceeds to tell me that an entire week earlier on May 13, 2007, the car I was driving went off the opposite side of the highway before flipping multiple times and landing upside down. Oh my gosh was pinned between the ground and the entire weight of the car on top of me. I was immediately pronounced brain dead on the scene. I was lifeline by helicopter to a trauma hospital where again, I was pronounced brain dead upon arrival. But God, because despite that, they continued to do emergency surgeries. And the only reason they placed me on life support was until my family could be contacted, but they didn't expect my body to make it through the night. Wow. So... One minute 
I'm driving home from visiting my mother on Mother's Day. And the next mm. I'm waking up being told that not only had I been brain dead for the past week, but amongst a long list of injuries, I was also paralyzed. Whoa. Brain dead and paralyzed. So talk about a complete flip on my life. And this is where the important part comes in because most of us would say, why me? Oh no, why did this happen? And we will throw ourselves the biggest pity party. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I recognize that no matter what I did, I can't change the past. So what type of life did I want for my future? And I was able to recognize that I could either be a victim to my circumstances, which a lot of us do, or I can make the conscious decision to be a victor over my obstacles. Because I'm sitting here in front of you today, that is what I chose to do. And just that whole entire recovery process became the foundation of everything I do as a coach and speaker. And so we're talking about confidence. One of the things that you have to do is you have to be faithful. So that's going to be step one. You have to be faithful that there is something bigger than you. There is a bigger purpose outside of yourself. You have to be faithful that it's all going to work out in the end, despite what it looks like right now. Hmm. So for me personally, I am a believer, but this is no matter your spiritual beliefs. You have to believe that there is something bigger than you and that you're here for a reason. Mm -hmm. So that alone can help you to speak up. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like, okay, so now I want to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Because I knew your story was significant, but wow. Tell us what happened when you were in the hospital. What was the moment when things shifted as far as you not being brain dead or being able to speak or tell us a little bit about that journey? So that entire week prior to me waking up in the middle of the night, I don't remember at all. To this day, there is like a, you know how you cut out a newspaper and then it leaves that blank? <laughs> yes. There's like a cutout in my life. I remember getting on the highway, getting some lunch and driving home because my mother lived about three hours away and listening to music. That was my last memory. I don't remember the wreck itself. I don't remember anything that happened in between until I woke up in the middle of the night. And because of my level of intensive care, nobody was in my room. So I literally woke up to darkness. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then how did things shift? Like, what was the timeline from when you were able, like you said, like you weren't able to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I'm just super curious how you went from that. Cause now you're giving <laughs> us these amazing tips, but now I'm going, wait, 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 wait. We need a little <laughs> bit more here. <laughs> How did you go from being in a hospital bed? (laughs) If I gave you the whole timeline, we'd be here much longer than 30 minutes. So (laughs) I I started with baby steps. And that's something else that I talk about in these tips is that progress is better than perfection. Uh Because oftentimes we want to be perfect. We want all the things to align and then we'll act or, and then we'll do this or we'll do that. But that doesn't happen in real life. Right. 
progress is better than perfection. When I first woke up, I couldn't talk at all. There was literally a tube down my throat. I couldn't talk. I could moan. My my mother, she came up with blink once for yes, twice for no. So I communicated with blinking when Mm -hmm. I initially came to. And then once uh, the intubator was taken out of my throat, I still couldn't talk. My vocal cords were damaged. And so then it was like, when I first started talking, it was And I know you didn't hear what I said because that's how low my, that's all I could get out. And then gradually that little whisper got a little bit louder and it was a little bit mousier and then Mm -hmm. a little bit louder and then a little bit louder to where you could hear me across the room. Um, But that didn't happen overnight. It took incremental steps. It was little baby steps from Mm -hmm. here to here. So think about your goals break it down into bite-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And remember, progress is better than perfection because perfectionism serves no one. Isn't that the truth? Boy, people want to connect also with human. I think about the work that I do, that nobody wants a perfect presenter or you speak <laughs> all the time. So you know, nobody wants somebody to be this robot or perfect person because they're not relatable. <laughs> right. It's amazing. So the first step, okay, is be faithful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then is there, yeah, tell tell us more. Yeah. So first class life is actually an acronym that stands for the different characteristics and skills that you want to embody into your lifestyle to be able to create a first class life. And we're human. We're not going to get all 14 steps perfectly all the time. It's going to ebb and flow. But the more that you can put it into your lifestyle, the the better quality of life you're living. So F stands for faithful. I stands for intentional. Uh-huh. I would say fuzzy intentions produce fuzzy results. Mm, that's a good one. Let's say that one more time. <laughs> fuzzy intentions produce fuzzy results. Yes. Oftentimes it's hard for us to speak up and use our voice because we don't know what we want. Mm-hmm. How can you relay to someone else How can you relate to God or how can you relate to whatever it is that you believe in what you want when you don't know yourself? Yeah. And when we make these vague goals, oh, I want to get out of debt. Okay. How do you want (laughs) to get out of debt? How much do you want to get out of debt? When do you want to be out of debt? When we make vague goals, we get vague results and then we find ourselves settling And that makes us diminish our voice a little bit more because then we feel like, oh, well, I said that I wanted this and this is what I got. So what's the point in using my voice? Because obviously it's not working. Uh, And it's so (laughs) frustrating. It's so frustrating because that's one of my steps too. number one, know what you want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How hard is that? Okay, so that's the I and then what's the R? The R is reflective. We have to be self-aware of how we are impacting the world and how the world is impacting us. So the example I like to use is we can all think of that person who is like a negative Nancy or a negative Ned. Like anytime they come in the room, we're, we automatically get, Ugh. Nancy's going to be there. I don't want to go. Like <laughs> Yes. They're impacting your mood, but the thing is everything around us impacts it. 
us. And when we aren't aware of that, then we can't make the adjustments to effectively um, live and and thrive in an environment that's going to help us grow. Because if you're constantly in an environment where your energy is drained, where you feel minimized, you feel victimized, you feel like you can't speak up, like you have to shrink yourself then you need to take the actions to remove yourself from that environment, whether it's an actual place or remove yourself from a relationship because it's often people. People will either build you up or drain you down. So (laughs) being intentional about what do the relationships in my life look like? Mm -hmm. Where are they taking me? Do they encourage me to use my voice or do they make me shrink myself? How do you say no to someone that you don't want to have in your life anymore? You do this. So you do this assessment and you go, wow, this person has been really toxic for me, mm-hmm. but there's somebody that has been around for so long. How do you <laughs> actually take that step? What do you, how do you deal with that? The easiest way is to use boundaries because then they'll remove themselves. Ooh, can you say more about that? (laughs) I totally agree with you. I want to hear how you talk about that. Toxic people thrive on the fact that there's a lack of boundaries. If I know that you will not make me do this, that I don't want to do, then I'm going to come to you all the time because I can get away with whatever I want. I can mold you into who I want you to be. And I can make you do the things that I want you to do that benefit me. And that's the way toxic relationships happen. Sometimes it's obvious and very manipulative in the the case of like narcissists and things like that. But a lot of people, unfortunately, do that unintentionally as well, because that's what they've gotten accustomed to. That's their habit. That's their behavior. But when you set boundaries and say, I will not do this, or I am not comfortable with this, or you can't speak to me this way, and you maintain those boundaries, first you have to set them, but then you have to stick to them. (laughs) Yes, that's the hard part, isn't it? Yes, you can't (laughs) go back and forth because then what that tells me if I'm the toxic person is that if I push you hard enough, eventually you'll give. I'm going to keep pushing until you give. And then you only reinforce my negative behavior because I know I can just keep pushing you and I can keep getting away and I can keep getting whatever it is. Even if it, it makes you upset or hurts you, it's benefiting me. So I don't really care about what you got going on. <laughs> it's really fascinating, isn't it? Boundaries are really everything. I was, that made me think about a case with a friend of mine who said, my boss keeps giving me more stuff to do. And I said to her, well, do you keep doing it? (laughs) (laughs) And she said, well, yes, he's my boss. And I'm thinking, well, you can also educate your boss and say, Mm -hmm. I've got these five other things on my plate. If I do that thing, you're asking which one of these other things, then would you recommend that I put to the side for now? I mean, it's, it's, it's also giving people options, which I think is really important too, of, you know, here's, it's almost like with kids, right? And I don't mm-hmm. have kids, but you give them choices. You could do this and you'd get this, you, or you could do this. Which one would you prefer? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's really, that's really powerful. Oh my gosh. It's so, do you have an example of a time that you set a boundary with somebody and how that worked out? 
Yeah. So unfortunately, the first one that pops in my head is with a friend of mine. And this was way back when I first started coaching many, many years ago. And she was kind of like, for lack of better terms, my my lab rat. (laughs) (laughs) This was before I really realized how impactful that I could be. What I did know is that one, people were often asking me some of the same questions, like, how did you blah, blah, blah? How can I blah, blah, blah? And I, Mm -hmm. then I noticed people were often coming to me for advice. And when they took that advice, things would change for the better. And so I had one particular friend who kind of regularly came to to me for suggestions and advice and about stuff. And so then I said, what if I was more intentional about the things that I'm doing with her or I'm sharing with her or having her work through, um, what does that look like? And so that was kind of me testing out my coaching methods before I really put a name to all of the things. And this was free. (laughs) So there was no cost. She was my friend. So we had this long relationship way before I was doing this. But what I noticed over time is that she wasn't respecting my time. Oh, I was very, very busy. And there was one day in particular where she lives out of town. I drove to her town and I was going to visit my mom. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this time and I'm going to make the most of it. But specifically, I was coming for her. So I drove to her house two hours. Wow. And she's not home. (gasps) Where are you at? Oh, I'll be right there. 10 minutes go by. Hey, you're still not here. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm on my way. I'm sorry. I'll be there in just a few moments. Long story short, I sat in the car for an hour Hey, friend, what, what's happening? Like I literally am coming, taking time out of my busy schedule to help you and you're here. Oh, I'm just finishing up at the gym. You can just come to the gym and then we can, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And like, when I say I was so angry, like I had to take a moment and deep breathe. And then I was like, okay, here's what it is. I feel like that not only are you disrespecting our friendship, but you're disrespecting my time, which is very valuable because I am coming specifically to help you. And because of that, this, this won't happen anymore. If you want to continue with what we're doing, now you're going to have to pay for my services. Good for you. Wow. Those boundaries. And did you say that verbally or was that in an email? No, I said it verbally. I'm like, unfortunately, I feel very disrespected. I feel very hurt because again, I've taken Mm. my time away from my kids, away from everything else that I'm doing to come and assist you for free. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I want to call out besides the, the, just the beautiful example that you gave us. And I'm sorry that that happened. First of all, it's, I'm I'm sorry about the fact that you were disrespected and wasted your time. And I'm also sorry about the friendship because that's really tough Mm -hmm. when it's someone that you've known for a long time. And just, um, just thank you for sharing that example, because that's, what I would say, a lot of us, it might be easier when it isn't a friend, but then when it's a friend, it adds an entire other dynamic. Mm -hmm. And what I want to call out that I love that you did 
And I think it's just the way that you communicate, which is so beautiful. And to everybody listening, notice that she used feeling words. She didn't say you disrespected me, you this. You specifically said, I felt disrespected. I felt hurt or I feel hurt. And that call out is really important for all of us because particularly when we're angry or frustrated or feeling whatever emotion we might be feeling, it's so easy to go to the you thing, <laughs> point, <laughs> right? <laughs> and thank you again, Lindsay, for sharing such a beautiful example. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell us about a time when there, you didn't speak up, but wish that you had. Let's see. This is hard one for me because I often speak up like Sometimes people can maybe find me a little bit direct when actually it's or or like confrontational and I'm not confrontational at all, but I am very direct and I am the type of person where I'd rather us just get it all out right now and figure out how we're going to move forward. Maybe that's together, maybe not, but at least so we can move forward. Mm-hmm. Because when we don't speak up and we don't use our voice, we get stuck in that spot. And every time it comes back up, we're still stuck at step one when we should be at step five because we aren't speaking up about what's happening or what's been said. And it's little resentments that are building up and building up before eventually they blow over. So I can't specifically off of the top of my head think of a time where I didn't speak up because it gets easier. <laughs> Not that it's the easiest thing, yes. but the more you do it, it just becomes yes. a part of you. And even when it's uncomfortable, because I actually hate confrontation. And whenever I know I have to speak up about a tough situation, I get all queasy and anxious on the inside, but I have to use that energy and turn it into fuel to help me do what I need to do, which is speak up and use my voice. And Nine times out of 10, it it turns out for the better. It's like, okay, now I can release that. Now I can let that go. Now we can progress. Now we can improve. Now we can dot, 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 fill in the blank. That's a brilliant example because so often we are ruminating on why didn't I? Oh, I should have. And we're spending all of this mental energy on that rather than moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, it occurred to me, we didn't finish the rest of your first. (laughs) Are you open to sharing the rest or is that? Sure, sure. Do you want to just leave us with the teasers? Okay, so you did the F and the I. Mm -hmm. And the R was reflective. Oh, excuse me. And then R was reflect. Yeah, reflective, reflective. Okay. And then the S in first stands for self-care. We have to prioritize self-care. And guess what? It gets easier to speak up and use your voice when you're practicing Uh Mm self-care. Look at that. (laughs) Bringing it all back. I love Uh it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Self-care is not selfish. We have to think of self-care as giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. Uh, When we we have so many of these great (laughs) phrases, look at, listen to everybody. These are such tweetable things. Can you say that one more time? Yes. Self-care is giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. (laughs) So powerful. (laughs) And what's the T? Oh, go ahead. 
thankful. The T is for thankful. And we really must truly practice an attitude of gratitude. And I know we've heard that thousands of times. And sometimes when things are going wrong, we can really feel like, oh, I don't need a cliche phrase, like blah, blah, blah. But (laughs) where your focus goes, your energy flows. And the things that you Mm. focus on, you attract more of into your life. So when we are constantly focused on, I don't have this, or um, I I don't have enough money, I don't have enough education, I don't have enough support, I, I don't, or blah, blah, blah then we only attract more of that because our brain is going to do the work to make everything that you're saying true. It's going to pull out all the evidence to prove you to be true, no matter what you're saying. You can tell your brain a lie and it's going to believe you because you're telling it. (laughs) And then it's going to pull all the evidence to make what you said be a true statement. So that's why we have to be very, very mindful of the things that we're thinking. And we have to be grateful for the things that we do have. We might not have $10,000, but let me be grateful for this 100 that I do have. Mm-hmm. I hate paying bills, right? Who wants to pay bills? But let me be grateful that my lights are on. Let me be grateful that I have some place to pay rent or to pay mortgage or that I have the means to pay for insurance or whatever it is. There's always something that we can be grateful before. That is so true. Well, what a beautiful way to end. Lindsay, where can we find you? I am on all social media platforms at Lindsay Vertner, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-V-E-R-T-N-E-R. You can find me on all of the things. And I also have a free gift for everyone. <gasps> Ooh, we like yes. free gifts. Tell us more. <laughs> So the second S in first class is self-worth. And we've been talking about confidence and we've been talking about being mindful and being intentional, but we really have to remember that we have to believe that we're worthy of what we desire. And that's connected to our voice and being willing to use our voice when we feel like we're worthy of the things that we want to achieve or that my voice matters, that there's a purpose bigger than me, then that gives us more power to use our voice. So go to affirmationswithlindsay.com and you can download a free set of self-worth affirmations. Wonderful. Thank you, Lindsay. It is such a pleasure to see you again and I'm grateful for you. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap of another episode of Ignite Your Confidence. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast faster, and it certainly helps me. If you're interested in more tips and tools around confidence, please join me over in my Facebook group called Ignite Your Confidence with Karen Laus. Remember, you too can stand out with unshakable confidence.